I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Vintage Vixens. A podcast for film lovers. By idiots. Yay, we did it. Yes. Yay, our third episode. Our third episode. We made uh, it to the third episode. Yes, and we hope you made it too. In this episode, we are doing dun, 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 science fiction films. Yes, we've covered westerns and horror films, which are two of our favorites. And then coming down the line, it's definitely some fun sci-fi. Yes, we prefer sun fi- Sun-fi sci. Sun-fi sci. Fun hey, sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> we prefer fun sci-fi definitely over more serious uh, sci-fi because it's fun to have future. With It's fun to have future. It's fun to have it's fun to have a future. <laughs> it's fun to have a future. <laughs> We're not so sure if we do sometimes. Um, yeah, but these these films show us the future. Warming. That's why we like Star Trek. We're uh, we're both Trekkies. Yes, uh, we're both Trekkies. Um, we both really thought about doing uh, Star Trek, the one with the whales film, but last we say we we thought we'd save that for a um, Star Trek episode. Yeah, we could do a Star Trek episode with our favorite movies and Star Trek We're have to adjacent. Cut, like, so much of the introduction. Oh my gosh. Content. Um, I'm keeping the future bit because that was funny. <laughs> so for this week. What movie did I, you pick, Kate? Wait, I <laughs> I haven't looked it up on my phone. I don't know the oh, years. Someone came unprepared to their own podcast. Welcome to uh, Vintage Fictions. Where we, Vintage Fictions. Vintage um, what? <laughs> what do you think vintage, you're saying? Do you know, vintage, do you know the name of our podcast? <laughs> vintage Vixens. Um, Where nobody's prepared. We're just <laughs> winging it. We really so, are just two idiots. We are two idiots. What film did you pick for this week, Kate? <laughs> I picked Dr. Mordred from... <laughs> 1992 it's directed by charles band and it is a wild ride it's perfect i picked i picked a serious one last time so now there's absolutely nothing wrong about this film off the rails with this one i'm kidding there's plenty wrong with this film but it's fun oh no there's nothing wrong shush no we're gonna edit out that part we don't want we don't want to accidentally anger charles band especially since we have a signature yeah um, Charles Ben doesn't remember this movie. I talked to him. He does not remember filming this, despite me being dressed as Dr. Mordred when I met him. He doesn't remember a single thing about this film. Um, but I know every single detail. So this movie stars Jeffrey Combs, and that's all that matters. So Dr. Mordred is about a wizard named Anton who has lived on Earth for at least 100 years, and he records human history on vhs tapes in his new york apartment i love it so much he doesn't own any coffee mugs and drinks out of a french press yes yes and he he tell tell him about the outfit oh he wears blue pajamas with a cape that's his like superhero wizard outfit when he goes to the fourth dimension is what it's called where there's like a weird prison thing where he was supposed to there's his friends guarding it who's blind he's not blind he got his eyes clawed out and jeffrey combs fixes it good on him and so the plot of this movie is that 
an evil wizard has escaped from that prison and he's on earth collecting rare elements to destroy earth i guess i don't remember he he just wants to save that's all that matters um jeffrey comes is here to save the day yeah i don't remember yes he saved my day multiple times when i'm very sad i put on dr mordred and then he I stopped crying. Convention experience. So, but he does mean a lot to me, and his films have definitely helped me through some hard times. So the character of Anton has to stop this other evil wizard, who we find out he also grew up with, and he gets the help of a. She's like an assistant to the police department, and they work together to track him down and the final battle takes place in a museum with some big dinosaur skeletons and so instead of fighting like people the wizards make the skeletons come to life and make them fight and it is one of the best scenes in film history and the best use of dinosaurs in any film Best use including of over Jurassic Park. Oh yes, this is way Jurassic better Park than has Jurassic nothing Park. Nothing on this movie. Yeah, the claymation dinosaurs in this one—they're so good. So this movie just makes me super happy because it doesn't care that it's bad. Like they weren't trying to make a high-tech movie. I—I I mean, after doing a little bit of research, this was supposed to be. A Doctor Strange adaptation and they just lost the rights to it and they said well we still want to have fun with this let's still make the movie just make his name Dr. Mordred instead and we can still have our claymation skeleton dinosaurs fight yeah arguably one of the best superhero movies of all time because of it it just has so much fun with what it is And it's very clear that Jeffrey Combs is having so much fun on set. I mean, you get to walk around in a huge cape and pretend to, like, throw weird lightning out of your hand. Yeah, this movie just makes me really happy. Do you have any favorite parts of it? Any time that Jeffrey Combs is on screen. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's the one scene in, like, the police detention room. He's like handcuffed and they're talking the whole time, him and the girl, about his childhood. And they share the memories and stuff of the evil, the evil wizard man. But then after a while, he just sort of flicks his wrist and the handcuffs come off. And he's like, and she's so amazed. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's how I am. I'm a really cool wizard. Who framed Roger Rabbit scene where he's like, I can only remove the handcuffs when it's funny. Uh I can only remove... Uh, Dr. Mordred can only um, move, remove the handcuffs when it's charming and mysterious. Yeah, he's yeah. very charming and mysterious. Despite drinking out of a French coffee press. Yeah. Hey, hey. Um, so I'm going to tweet this episode out at Jeffrey Combs. And my main question is, why did you drink out of, co- uh, out of a French press? Hey, Jeffrey Combs, why did you drink out of a French press in this film? Listen listen we support you also uh voted most comfortable superhero outfit of all time oh yes 
he looks very cozy also the gold robe outfit is very yes, good that's an aesthetic choice exactly but i think dr mordred is streaming on tubi i want to say i think it's pretty widely available for free i know it's a charles band's production company i forgot what it's called now definitely our favorite charles Full band moon. movie yes favorite charles band movie but it's done by full moon productions and i think they have i don't know if they have their own streaming service now or it's available through something like shutter but those move all of his movies are very fun and you don't have to think about them at all but if you're looking for a fun science fiction film that doesn't take itself seriously at all and there's claymation dinosaurs in it if that's what you're looking for watch Dr. Mordred and if you want less of the wizard part but still want the claymation dinosaurs and Jeffrey Combs just watch Phantom Empire instead which Which we will talk about yeah yeah Phantom Empire is one of our other favorites we love a lot of Jeffrey Combs movies we love you Jeffrey Combs we love you we love you um so much all right yes now it's time for my movie would you pick this week for this week, I chose Battle Beyond the Stars, a 1980 American space opera. They call uh, it a space opera? It is a space opera, yeah. Uh, directed by Jimmy T. Murakami and starring Richard Thom- Thomas, Robert Vaughn. This is the reason we watch this movie. We watch this movie for Robert Vaughn. John Saxon, Sybil Danning, and Darlan Flugel. If you have seen the movie Magnificent Seven, or if you've seen the movies Seven Samurai, uh, you've seen this movie. You have seen this movie. Except now they put it in space. They put it in space, and it's very interesting. It's beautiful. We love it so much. Um, there's no flaws in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> I'm kidding. However, for a low-budget film, with uh, rumors being that the reason this film was so low budget is because they had to pay Robert Vaughn and George Pepper to appear in it. Uh, it, it's, it does amazing. I think it really captures the fun uh, adventure side of sci-fi. Definitely, definitely uh, a lot of Star Wars influence. But it made it better, actually. Actually, uh, because Robert Vaughn is in it. People that you worked on people that worked on this film that you uh, might not be expecting included James Cameron (laughs) (laughs) and um Bill Paxton Bill Paxton did you just say Bill Paxton yeah Bill Paxton worked on this film what did Uh, Bill Paxton do he was one of the carpenters that helped make the sets and stuff what yeah arguably this is the reason this movie is the reason why we have uh James Cameron and Bill Paxton being as famous as they are. They got it. We have to thank Battle Beyond the Stars more often. For Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Do you want to explain the actual plot of this movie? Yeah, the actual plot of this movie. Uh, a farm boy gets in trouble. His planet is called Akir. His name His is name's Shad. what? His name is Shad. Shad? Yeah, like Chad, but Shah. It's Shad. Shad, not Chad. And he is from a farming planet where they are mostly defenseless, and their planet gets attacked by this big evil guy named Sador, who was played by John Saxon. 
yes. Chad is played by Richard Thomas, and he very much he he's definitely the one they wanted to be the Luke Skywalker of this movie. Um, which he is, that's the role he's playing, basically. Uh so Sador attacks the planet because he needs uh more body parts because he's dying, and so the way he avoids death is he just takes other people's body parts. And Shad doesn't want his planet to get destroyed because that would be bad. It'd be very bad to not have a planet. And so this old man gives him advice and then sends him off on a space adventure where he gets a talking computer named Nell, who we love. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he meets all these strange people that he's trying to convince to be an ally. Uh, he tried to go to one guy who was super obsessed with cyborgs and he turned himself into a cyborg and so he has androids and everywhere uh and he was going to make shad marry nanelia but instead uh they both escaped off because nanelia decided that she was going to help shad save the day and she she for a 80s sci-fi film she's pretty interesting as a character choice because it's her brains that help him save the day he wasn't really given as much screen time as she deserved uh and then cowboy who's kate's favorite character yes i love the cowboy i mean i love a cowboy in every movie but since this yeah has roots in seven samurai and magnificent seven it definitely pays homage to them not only having robert vaughn in it it was also in Mag 7, but um, having this cowboy character, who I think is very cool. Yes, and I think they wanted him to be uh, the Han Solo figure of this. Yeah, definitely. Group. And then there's the Nestor, which are those alien clone guys, and they all share one consciousness. And they are fun. They feel everything at the same time. And so when one of them dies, they feel that. But most importantly, there is Gelt. Gelt, who may be one of my favorite science fiction characters of all time. Gelt is played by uh, Robert Vaughn. Big surprise. The reason we watched this movie. And he is this super famous, super rich assassin who can do nothing but suffer with his riches. Like, he's forced to be all, of his, all alone. All on his own he can't go anywhere and spend it he can't do anything because he's such a great assassin that everybody wants to kill him so he can't do anything with his money he can't do anything except just uh wait for death to come because all of his hard work has ended in rot and he's a super cool hardcore character um that I mean, I get there are a lot of bounty hunters in sci-fi, but there's none that like show the suffering of bounty hunting as much as guilt. Like what happens at the end of the day after you've been such a great bounty hunter? Uh, what happens like when you have all the money that you need? Anyway, I think he's really cool. I'm biased though because Robert Vaughn is playing him, and we get to see older, tough Robert Vaughn, and that was awesome. Yeah. And then uh, a character that definitely didn't get enough screen time is uh, Saint Exum. Uh, she's a Valkyrie. Oh, alien. the warrior woman. And she's super tough and 
her and outfit very... is definitely not not great at all. Hey, it's really great actually. It's, it's not just great. not fit for fighting. It's not great. It's it's not great. Um, but she's super tough, and Shad isn't nice to her because he's a loser nerd. Uh, and he doesn't deserve any of the girls in this movie. Uh, it's a ragtag team joining together to save the day. And then there's a lot of death and sadness. And the day is saved, but at what cost? You've seen it a thousand times before. And it's actually one of the plots that never gets old for me. I love uh, the found family trope. And though I think all the characters could have been explored so much more. And I do cry about their deaths. I just think it's it's great. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Escape? Um, I too love the found family trope and how they all meld together and have relationships with each other. Like it's not just we see them interacting with Shad. They interact with each other and I think that's also super cool. Sort of like, um, I mean, I'm going to keep relating it back to Magnificent Seven since I also love that movie, but comparing it to that and having these groups that sort of come together under one person that sort of knows all of them is great. I don't know what else to say about it. I think it's just another really fun movie. It succeeded in what it wanted to do. Yeah. And that was make a, make a little space opera and get some money. And that's, that's what it wanted. And that's what it got. I don't know how mu- how much money did it make. I don't know if it got that much money. The budget for it was two million, but it box office at seven point five million, which I think makes it a success. Yeah, that's five point think... five million more than you spent on it. That's a lot of money, but I don't know uh, how much fame anybody got out of this. Well, most of these people, at least two were... of them, were already famous. Yeah, that's Sybil... the reason why they had to have so much money. Uh, yeah. Mr. Man from Uncle. Mr. Napoleon Solo as a as an old man making yes. bank on this. Yes. Also, um, Robert Vaughn was in the Magnificent Seven, so it's really cool for him to be in this movie. He also had a really depressing death in that one too. But anyways, sometimes you love characters that die. And for us, it's most of the time. Most, most of, of our favorite like, never get to live to the ends. Never ever. No. We get attached to them knowing that they're probably going to be the ones to die. And we say, I guess I'll suffer. And then we do by the end of the movie. Sometimes love is suffering. But those are our two choices for sci fi films for you this week. We'll be back with a different genre next week. Very exciting. We're looking forward to it. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you especially to Jeffrey Combs. If you're listening, we love you. And thank you, Robert Vaughn. We know you're not listening, uh, but thank you. Thanks anyway. Please Thanks for trying. Out. No, I'm no. leaving it in. No, no, you have to cut that out. I ruined it by saying you have to cut it out. That's my new trick now. Um, <laughs> that way to... <laughs> thank you, Jeffrey Combs, for existing. We really appreciate it. Yes. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.